This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Welcome guys to another Freedom Fighter podcast, I hope you're good, um, join us in this last um, session around Captivated by Communion and we've got a great treat this week, uh, I interview Dave Thompson, Dave is pastor up there at Destiny Church in Glasgow, he's the head of counselling services, a therapist, he's been working 20, 20 plus years uh, you know, uh, counselling people, a lot of tremendous experience and there, there is so much that he brings forth here that is so helpful. So I pray it deeply encourages you guys as you're listening. How are you all doing guys? Great to see you all, thanks for joining us. Another recording, uh, another week's went by and we're uh, really privileged to have Pastor Dave Thompson from Destiny uh, uh, Chops in Glasgow with us this week. Dave, great to see you, mate. It's good to be here, Derek. It's <laughs> privilege to come and dialogue with you today. Oh, can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> so thanks, Dave, for joining us. Uh, we have been on this series around Captivated by Communion. And, um, you know, just reading this one, this, uh, one verse here for Psalm 27... The, the context of the full uh, series around David, um, uh, uh, you know, and then, you know, four verses into the psalm, him talking about all the enemies that have been around him in his life, all the difficulties he's faced and facing, he says, the one thing that I'm desiring and insisting upon and the thing that's so necessary for my life, he says, is that I would dwell in God's presence every, each and every day of my life that I would behold and absorb his beauty and that I would meditate and consider and inquire in his temple. Meditating and considering and inquiring about all the things we go through, getting God's perspective. He said, this is the most important thing that I've learned in the midst of all my struggles and problems. So we're going to delve into things today with Dave, asking his experience of these things and and uh, so we're looking forward to that. Dave, can you just open up with prayer, please, and before we begin sure. Father God, you have provided us not just with salvation, for which we are just eternally grateful and will be eternally grateful, mm-hmm. but God, you've given us opportunity possibility to get to know you intimately through your word through communion with you Mm -hmm. and with one another so as we discuss these things today God and even the difficult and challenging things we discuss we just feel and know confidently in our minds and in our hearts that you are with us Mm -hmm. in Jesus name Amen. Amen come on David (laughs) <laughs> so, Dave, trained therapist, been been in therapy. You've been in ther- <laughs> you've been ther- you've been you've been counselling others. Sorry for uh, how long? Since nine, uh, qualified in first qualification was in nineteen ninety eight. Mm-hmm. I think so. So. Uh, so for all of those years, I've ah. been qualified and. Uh, and Working with individuals and mm-hmm. couples and groups and teaching, so yeah, and training people as well up there at Destiny uh, College doing the S- SQA, uh, HNCs, and HNDs. Yeah, so I mean, just very quickly in that, there it's really important that I, I, I say this because the reason that we started teaching counseling, doing using the SQA, uh, awarding academic uh, structures was that. A, people could get funded for it, and I wanted to see more and more Christians be getting getting professional qualifications that they could use in the marketplace. The kingdom is far more than the walls of a church or even a counselling office. Yes. You know, so that's been the whole idea. Aye. I'm glad to see that many of my ex-students are all getting ones, all the 
qualified and diplomas and all getting jobs. I Aye. think uh, my first class, I think there's only two of them that haven't stayed in counselling, so mm. it's really good. Brilliant, Dave. You do a great job. And uh, so, I mean, the depth of experience with all these years and, you know, um, to be able to connect what we're talking about here in the Christian counselling field. Because um, it's not like um, the counsellor is the, you know, to, to, to um, you know, to maybe uh, challenge some stereotypical kind of ideas, I suppose, is is to think that the counsellor's got all the answers and the counsellor has is the one who's going to fix the person who comes to see them. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you know, so maybe people are listening, maybe think, oh, that is that what a counsellor does? You know, but when we think of how important in the counselling field, because I, I have got some friends who have had experiences and views of how people have mishandled, misused, um, or, or counsellors haven't really helped because of because they're maybe, they're maybe lacking the insight or maybe lacking, uh, you know, they're maybe lacking the, uh, um, you know, they're, they're not inviting God into the counselling uh, session. You, can you maybe share about how important the presence of God has been? His his counsel, his, his, his uh, you know, and receiving, uh, leading and guidance for him has been direction for him. It has been in your practices over the year with these, with these uh, souls that have came to you, clients? Vitally, I mean, vitally important day. Uh, I think that um, so often when we're learning some of the uh, counselling theories and uh, ways of approaching, dialoguing with people, um, using that, and there's a lot of science behind it, so we shouldn't ignore the science. So science is really important, but it'll only get you so far. Um, people can change their thinking uh, for a period of time. They can even change their emotions. However, God changes the heart, and our heart and our emotions are two different things. And I think the big thing is, is that people get mixed up with each of these. So when just looking at that, Sam, David says, I will not let my heart, my heart will not fear, mm. right? And the reason he's saying that is that he knows God in his heart, mm. right? And I think there's a fundamental idea of God in every single human being. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we encourage people is to try and find the God of the heart. Mm -hmm. Even though they might not know him that well, just try and find the God of the heart. That centred part of ourselves that every single human being has. There's a wee part of themselves that's the real them. It's the heart of humanity. It's the human spirit. And that's different from the emotions. Mm -hmm. so both of those are very, very different things. Mm -hmm. We work through the emotions so that our heart doesn't become hardened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Aye. So when you're in that council, because I've seen you, eh, I've seen you operate, and I... I went to Colorado, as you know, in 2017, and it was the first time when I was under John Eldridge, who was a therapist for years, and he was he was deliberately inviting God, God's presence, Christ, into the specific wounds, the specific issues, the hardness, the hurts, yeah. the fears, the abuse, and yeah. and there was a there was a a distinction for me because I was going oh that that that, that was new there was actually a um, you know there was a awareness of the need to give God the permission to come in to enter into those parts of the human heart and allow him to help you reprocess reinterpret um, you know what was happening there how, how how important has that been? And when you when you are counselling people, counselling people, and you know, as I say, I've seen you doing it, but let, let's hear your perspective of how you're you're inviting God's presence and healing ministry into them. So, if I in the assumption that I am 
working with a Christian client, mm -hmm. okay, mm -hmm. um, I first of all we have to recognise that we're all made up of parts. Mm -hmm. All of us are made up of parts. So somebody invites you to a party, and you know you've got a busy day the next day. You go, I'd like to go to the party, or I really should stay in and get organised. Da 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 da. Oh, I'm going to the party. Right? <laughs> so, um, so whatever is parts. But then, if I look at God, God is a God of parts: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God, three different parts, three different personalities are aspects of God, mm -hmm. but one God. Mm -hmm. So if we've been made in his image, mm -hmm. wouldn't it be sensible to think that we are also made up of parts? Mm -hmm. So we have our body, our mind and our soul. That's usually as far as we've really taken it. Mm -hmm. But actually the way that um, the way that I think that kind of bringing God into different parts of ourselves is a, a real challenge and can be really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. So, although it can be also miraculous, I'm always praying for my clients, mm -hmm. first of all, whether we're doing parts work or not, mm -hmm. that God would lead us during the session. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the really important thing. None of this is prescribed or even led. It's helping the clients to discover what's going on inside them mm -hmm. and for them to discover the Christ in them which is the same Christ that's in me, but they might just see it slightly different. And that's all okay, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. let me just share a, a miraculous example, mm -hmm. right? So I don't know how far this is going to go around, so I need to be very careful not to give any um, confidentiality away, mm -hmm. right? So I'm very careful with this. So I was working with this individual whom... At first I thought, um, I don't really, I can't be bothered working with this person. That was my thoughts in my head, because mm -hmm. I'd known them for years. Mm -hmm. Anyway, just before the individual came into my room, uh, so that was, I was saying, God, I really want to help this person, but I know I've got a wee bit, because I've known them for years, I don't know if they're going to be really ready for this or not. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting, and I'd also taken this to supervision, uh, this pre-meeting thing, because just kind of, so that can happen to all of us, you know, this idea we're all supposed to have unconditional love all the time. Mm. We've also got to be honest to ourselves and bring that before God. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'm before God and I said, God, what will I do when this person comes in? And the almost audible voice of God said, just give them your best, mm -hmm. right? And I thought, right, okay. So immediately, almost immediately, because I knew this individual story, so I didn't need to go through all of that. I knew it intimately. Mm -hmm. And we just immediately brought, uh, in a, well, you know, like just in the first 10 seconds, mm -hmm. after about 20 or 30 minutes, we started getting him to find his heart, mm -hmm. first and foremost, that's in every human being, mm -hmm. that sense of themselves. Uh, and he, he would know this as God in him. And to go from there down into his wounded parts, but we never got to the wounded parts first. And this often happens, because mm -hmm. before you get to the wound, you get to these parts of ourselves called protectors. Mm -hmm. And they're protecting the wound. So when you see people that are uh, angry regularly, they're only using that anger to protect some vulnerable part of themselves. Mm -hmm. Or if they're, uh, you know, resentful or whatever it is people do, you protect criticism is a great one as a protector. Mm -hmm. It's just to protect that vulnerable part. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this individual surprised me. Uh, really surprised me, and was able to get the wee protector angry part before God, and that was like uh, a really rough, violent young person was this part. That's what he saw, mm -hmm. and he asked Jesus into this part and uh, he could, his experience his experience of that was that God immediately forgave that part right mm -hmm. I thought wow and just loved him and then he got into this vulnerable part where he could see himself as a wee boy being abused not sexually but physically um, and uh, 
I'm saying, well, where is Jesus and all of this? And he brings, or Jesus moves forward into this particular individual's experience. I don't want to get into all the details of the experience, but let's just say it was horrendous. Mm-hmm. And it was as if he, as the adult, took the wee boy towards Jesus and introduced that broken, uh, vulnerable, deeply disturbed part of himself into the arms of Jesus now. We know that he's doing this. He Well, it seems like he's doing it cognitively, but he wasn't there. There was something happening deep, deep inside him. Uh, so much so that I have rarely seen a person moving so quickly in this work, by the way, right. in this individual. And I thought he couldn't do it. Mm. It just shows you, mm-hmm. you know. Um, miraculous change. And he's on and done further studies into trauma mm. off his own back. He says that he's discovered where his anger and his pain comes from. Uh, and Jesus is all right with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Miraculous. Yeah. You know? Great. I, I've came, come, a story came to mind there. Johnny, I'll just say uh, something. But I, actually, I'm going to tell my own story because there's a story for counselling, the course I was doing. And I could tell you my story, but I'll tell you this woman's story, one of, the, one of my fellow uh, students. And it was absolutely miraculous, Dave, how the two of us were paired together in a, in a, you know, a breakout room on Zoom while we're doing this online. Uh, nearly, nearly the end of the course. We're doing a, a, a section on psychodynamic counselling. So, you know, the, the idea of having to get back in to... The, the, the things of the past that have formed who you are today. So some of the questions in this session were based around that kind of, uh, you know, what's going on in your life today? And, and let's see if we can discover and explore where it came from. Now this girl, lady, probably 50, late 50s, early 50s, was a uh, mid 50s maybe. Better, better go early 50s just in case. <laughs> so a nurse and in the busy hospital she's working in she's actually getting dismissed and pushed to the side for younger less experienced nurses when a crisis situation was happening and then she's expressing her resentment she's expressing the anger she felt when this was happening to her. She didn't say it at the time. She didn't have the courage to express herself at the time yeah. and, and, and not allow that kind of treatment from somebody else. Mm-hmm. So she's expressing, she's expressing this. And then when I started, I was a counsellor, she was a client. And I, so I start asking, so, you know, anything else in your, in your history, uh, you know, in the past, significant moments in your life happened to you. And then she started talking about, like, seemed, like, so disconnected. She starts speaking about a dad, um, a young girl who had bullied her at school and hit her. And she went home really, really upset, told her mum and went to bed. And the dad came in at night and woke her up and actually reprimanded her. I think he was physical with mm-hmm. And uh, so what what was happening there was she was she was punished for no standing up for herself. Yep. Cause her dad's what happened was her, her dad's anger was because I want I want you to stand up for yourself. But instead of him using that anger and going to the woman's house with the daughter and saying, by the way, this is what you've done and that's not acceptable and showing his daughter, when you when you get somebody tries to abuse you and you know and, and mistreating you like this, this is this is how you stand up for yourself. What her lesson was is she was punished by her dad, and honestly, yeah. it was like a light bulb moment because she was then gone. She's now fifty years older, and still. Can he stand up for herself in her workplace and wondering wow. why? Wondering why? And it was 
and 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 when you started exploring a wee bit more, she was so sensitive to not. But my dad was a good guy. My dad was a good guy. He was like, I didn't want to put any blame on him. But I was able to say, I, 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 maybe he was a good guy, but what he done there wasn't good. And you need to acknowledge that that was wrong, and you need to acknowledge that that pain that that caused you actually has kept you stuck because she's not been able to move on for it because she's still trying to defend her dad because she's no want his memory to be tarnished or something. But you know, it made me see how important this is that that, that we as 50-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 60-year-olds can still be living out of parts that were formed in our childhood that have been untouched, unhealed, we've not allowed any God any access into those areas to help us re- reinterpret that and, and, and I'll release it and uh, heal from it and, and, and experience restoration from what was stolen and lost through the experience. Yeah, and I think there's a, we've got to be careful with this because this is what we're talking about is trauma here, mm. right? And uh, people can deal with trauma at different paces. I've worked with highly intelligent uh, clients who kind of really understand what was going on, but they haven't very quickly experienced what that we chat experienced right away. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have to be very careful with trauma. And the way that I do this is to try and do a wee bit of education around parts, first of all. Mm-hmm. So there's the, the, the main parts are the exiles. So that's the part of that we don't want to touch because it's too painful. And just another wee thing, Derek, it's not the event that was traumatic. Mm-hmm. So it could have been a dad, it could have been a teacher, it could have been anybody mm-hmm. telling her how she should stand up for herself and her picking up all of that shame, mm-hmm. right? It's not the event, it's the wound caused by the event that's the trauma. So that separates the people that we think might have caused it. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at the wound. Mm-hmm. We don't actually need to look at the event that much. Mm-hmm. We just need to look at the wound caused by the event because it's the wound that needs to be healed. Mm-hmm. But the wound is so painful that the protectors come in and cover it up. Mm-hmm. So and withdrawal or not having a voice is a way of covering up a vulnerability. Because mm-hmm. what if I say something and then everybody's doing it I and mean, I can't stick up for myself and I get crumbled. Mm-hmm. And then the other, so you've got these protector parts mm-hmm. and you've got the exile parts. And the other parts that we've got is sometimes the protectors are unable to keep at bay the pain of the exile part, right? Mm-hmm. And then we have firefighters coming in. Mm-hmm. And a firefighter is often an activity or an action that numbs the pain because the pain has become overwhelming. Mm-hmm. That's what happens with an awful lot of people in addiction. Mm-hmm. So the pain becomes so much, they take the alcohol or drugs to dull the pain. Mm-hmm. And relapses are caused because, not because they've got a desire to drink, mm-hmm. but because the pain gets too much. Mm-hmm. And so they take. So unless we can find God a way of bringing God into this and healing all of that mm-hmm. through whichever process it's the wound that needs to be healed mm-hmm. the chances of people relapsing and that relapse can be self-harm, it can be gambling it can be uh, OCDs mm-hmm. addictions, any of these things mm-hmm. so really really important that these exile parts are treated with care mm-hmm. And explain explain the exile because that's that's the part that's broken off, really. It's been, it's, it's, it's so shamed, like this, this example I was talking about. The part of her that, that's, that's believed that it's her fault, that she's, something's wrong with her because she didn't do a certain thing. So that part of her is then put, exiled into some wee dark room within and never to be looked at again. And any time it's, it's, associate, anything it's, triggers, triggers it, any associations of that feeling, it's like, boom, we... we, we trigger, so the trigger mm-hmm. brings up the emotion. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, totally, you think, this emotion is really strong for such a, mm-hmm. a small external stimuli, mm-hmm. right? But the emotion's huge. Mm-hmm. So the exile parts are these, 
when we're very young mm -hmm. and these things happen to us, usually before the age of eight mm -hmm. or nine for boys, seven or eight for girls, as usual, they're ahead of us. <laughs> um, but a cognitive, the cognitive part of the brain hasn't been fully developed yet mm -hmm. to be able to reason this through. And so when people are very young, all of their internalization comes from what they experience at a sensory level, mm -hmm. not from a cognitive level. Mm -hmm. And that's why if you try to just work at a cognitive level, even uh, spiritually, you know, even in biblically, Aye. should I say, Aye. instead of spiritually, uh, just cognitively, then sometimes that doesn't get to those exiled parts. Mm -hmm. And remember that the protectors, the protector parts of ourselves their intention was always good. Their intention is to protect us from becoming overwhelmed by that vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So we have to love the protectors as well mm -hmm. and ask them to step aside because the adult Christ like me mm -hmm. or Jesus in me is now ready mm -hmm. to bring healing into those exiled parts. The reason they're called exiled is because you're dead right, shoved away in a cupboard mm -hmm. and hopefully we've turned the key and thrown it away. Mm -hmm. But... The pain keeps seeping out. Exactly. Oh boy. Talk to us, mate. See, I mean, in my experience uh, with some folk close to me, is, and I've noticed that we watched the the shark movie, and the movie is explaining everything you've just said there. That the pain of, and I'm, I'm not going to ruin the movie for for anybody who's not seen it, but I highly recommend it. That the 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 base the the, the amount of pain that was locked up in this guy's heart. Um, and the unthinkable happens. The reason it's called the shack is the the thing, the most painful thing that happened in his life. God gave him an invitation to come and meet him in the very place where the the greatest, hot, most horrible, horrific thing you can imagine on earth could happen. To and his family he invited him to meet him in that very place. It's called the shack. Meet me at the shack for the weekend, and it's like, I mean, I watched this. I've watched it with a few people, and they, they exp I, I was amazed at the expression from some. Never watching that again, because it was touching the places of their own pain that they Absolutely. they don't That's want. They don't want to face, and and then you're going through life wondering why am I so hard? Why am I so unhappy? Why am I so ungrateful? Why am I so? Uh, why am I so locked up and stuck in place? Um, and uh, and it's what I've learned through the counselling process, Dave. And there's wonderful questions that you're asking. Why am I like this, right? Yeah. And so sometimes when we're asking why, it doesn't really help because mm -hmm. we don't know. Mm -hmm. And and so why? So I I love this. Uh, so David often talks about inquiring when I inquired of the Lord, mm. right? So another word I use for this is. Curious. Mm. When I become curious, just curious about what's going on here and asking God, God, I'm really curious about what's going on in this exile here. Mm -hmm. I really want to know, just by being curious, mm -hmm. curiosity doesn't carry a judgment. Mm -hmm. Curiosity is just curious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and as you become curious, seek and you shall find. Yeah. God will show the answers, even the difficult answers so that he can bring you into it mm -hmm. you know how can you you, you can't cut your finger and there's a reason there's a wee bit of pain is so that you'll cover it up Aye. your body's trying to tell you you need to do something here well it's the same with your soul mm -hmm. when your soul is is experiencing some pain mm -hmm. we need the healer of the soul exactly. to do that yeah. we need jesus exactly well mr thompson what about this uh, integration? Now, you've shared some with me I would love you to, to, to share with the listeners. Because, um, you know, we're saying, what, why should we be captivated? Because Dave, uh, sorry, um, King David here, as we began the series, the word captivate is to have your interest and attention so attracted and held by something. Mm -hmm. And we're saying it, it's, it's, your attra attraction and interest is held by something. What, but what, what is yours held by? David was saying, in the midst of all the things that's happening to me, this is the one thing 
that I am asking and seeking and the Amplified says I'm insistently, insistently requiring. I'm insisting upon, I'm, I'm no, I'm no, this is no just I'll take it or leave it or see or whatever will be, will be. He's saying I'm insisting upon this because I know that this is the key, the key to my life making sense. The key to all these parts that can be like what he's saying, when a wicked, my enemies came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a full army was, in, was, was surrounding me, though the, the war was rising against me, I will only fear because the Lord's the strength of my life. But that, that, this because of that, he's then saying, I, I am absolutely setting myself on this, uh, uh, on this being captivated by communion, so that when these things come, I'm going to be found in His presence, processing these things in His presence. No, then getting taken out by fighting back with the weapons of the world, by allowing the bitterness and the hurt to to trigger all sorts of rage in me that I end up going down the rank, uh, you know, reacting in the rank ways and then getting judged because I, I act in the flesh. Um, so, what, what do you think of how important, Dave, with that story you told me about recently, about your retreat, mm-hmm. of how parts were integrated, parts that were put in the, the cupboard because they were, they were you know, the, we judged them as shameful or uh, that that part is actually here. Here, you know, you know, it's 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 there's some negative connotation to it. But in God's presence, He turns up and says, "No, what you're thinking is not true." Share that story, Dave, please. So the story, the, the, the one from my own experience. Aye. All right, okay. So when I was doing some of this work, so the story is really there was a wee bunch of. Let's just call them unruly teenagers <laughs> hanging about our street. Right? And our streets mostly kind of older people, right? Um, but these we let's just call them wee neds, started hanging about, <laughs> smoking dope and uh, drinking buckfast and singing sectarian songs. Yeah. So we quite cool the sack I live in. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they get moved on down to the bottom of the street, but they just started using a close. Mm-hmm. And while they were in the close, this old guy comes out of the local pub and they surround him and they started spitting on him and uh, just terrible. So yeah. I'm walking past with my wife and it all calmed down a wee bit then. And I said to my wife, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get into the house and get a balaclava on and me and Jim McDougall and confront this, these, this lot, right? Yeah. Well, some other words said and I was going to do all sorts of things yeah. to them. And my wife looked at me and she said, who are you? <laughs> And I thought, wow, this is a part here. Mm-hmm. This is a part. Mm-hmm. So I took the part to and, and recognised what was going on mm-hmm. um, for me. And anyway, I was on retreat. And I was speaking to this uh, man of God on the retreat. And I was telling him about this experience. Mm-hmm. And he said, and I recognised what the part was. The part for me was a 14-year-old boy that was getting triggered these other wee neds, which took me back to school days. So I was never a fighter, right? But I ran about with people that could. And so I had to talk like a hard man and, you know, and so that was to protect my vulnerability, right? So I was very vulnerable as a teenager. However, I could play the game and put on the facade really, really well. And that protected me through school because I'm about with some heavy people. So the protector had a good intention. But it wouldn't have been a good intention if I'm still doing that and I'm 60, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, but that part was that had come up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm on retreat and I'm talking to this man of God and he says, let's just go here, Dave. So we went and I went back to see that 14-year-old boy mm-hmm. and he said this to me. He says, Dave, let's see if we can bring Jesus towards him. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is moving towards him and I, the adult, mm-hmm to Jesus, what do you think of this 14-year-old part of me? Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, my beautiful boy. Wow. <laughs> oh, oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and I could, it just blew me away. It still blows me away. And so here was this wee guy that I was rejecting mm-hmm. because I had judged him because he's sinful behaviour. Yeah. And yet Jesus could see through all of that. Through all of that, saw the grace in him. 
wasn't he looking so much at behaviour, but the job that he was doing was protecting this. And he did it really, really well, but Jesus could see the beauty in the 14-year-old. Wow. And so maybe that'll help me to find beauty in other 14-year-old wee Neds. Fantastic, so, man. Honestly. Mind blown. It's precious, mate. I'm telling you, precious, because for me, living, I was defined by what you just said there for years. Look, when, you, when you're feeling... When, 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 when you feel deep down that you're bad and you're a wee Ned and, you're, and then you're getting all this uh, the, the names the, the criticism that's addressed the judgments and criticisms that, that, are, that are thrown at you that reinforce your identity in these things well, that I can actually throw at my, myself I, exactly mm -hmm. you know I can throw those I don't need other people to judge me I'm good at it myself yeah. and so and I have to recognise that, that judgement part is also a part. Yeah. And so I have to take Jesus towards that judgment part as well. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, instead of judging and condemning, what else is he good at? He's actually really good at finding discipline and regulating my life. So he's what they call a manager part. Right. So that he's always trying to manage my life, that mm -hmm. critical part. Mm -hmm. he's, but because of the way that I was brought up, you're criticised for everything. Mm -hmm. Oh, I hear his critical voices. Mm -hmm. I have to become... Curious mm -hmm. what the critical voice is actually trying to do. Critical voice is also trying to manage the pain. Mm -hmm. All he's trying to do is try to manage the pain. And we take Jesus towards that. Jesus does a wonderful things. He says, Shh. He just says, Shh. Listen. Oh. And you just go for hearing that critical voice and that silent place with God. Sometimes when I hear that listen voice, it's time to pick up a, a, the Bible mm -hmm. or just pray. Not with words, but just to sit and pray to come in to that communion mm. with Jesus. Exactly. Beautiful, mate. So what starts with a critical voice Aye. is turned by him into that moment of communion. Mm -hmm. And you're integrating that part as well. Because mm -hmm. you can't throw those parts out. That's the problem, Derek. Mm -hmm. They're there. Exactly. Because they're remembered in the brain, remember? Aye. And then the subconscious part of the mind. But listen to this. Jesus is the God of the subconscious and the conscious. Yeah. So, anyway, that helps. No, it's very helpful, Dave. Very helpful. And uh, you think uh, the word communion is about the sharing of the, and exchanging of these intimate feelings and ideas. And that's where we started off. And what you're explaining here, it's high ground. Because, you know, anybody that actually has the courage to keep listening to this, you're going like that. It's not this just rationale that you're sitting here getting this information that you, that you, that you that's just mental, like this mental information. You're actually recognising this is, this is an ongoing journey. The ongoing journey that David's saying here, going, I, I, look, I've came to know. John Eldridge wrote this beautifully. He goes, look, this, what David's like, sh expressing this unapologetic emotion, calling God his lover, crying out for him, crying in the night for him. He's going, you lost your mind if somebody at his age was like this, going, what are you going on about? But he goes, this guy's learned something, he says. And I'm telling you, we need it more desperately than we were even aware. And what he's expressing is in the midst of all of the challenges and difficulties and the parts of my life that can become total, totally exiled, just like the day, something can happen, the day, loss, you know, betrayal, rejection, judgment, heart, that, the, the danger is the parts, the painful thing, the parts that become so uh, hurt, then uh, get broken off and then you start limping through life without that fully alive, without that heart that's, that's, that's lost that, that's lost something. And, you know, to me, the end of it, he's saying that our, our uh, desire, this, to meditate and consider and inquire in his temple, because when these new things come in, this is ongoing. It's, it's a spiritual life, progress it's going to be it's going to be Absolutely. for eternity it's going to be for eternity that we're going to be engaging like that you know well at least certainly in this life aye i think that maybe every tear will be wiped away in mm. heaven but i think in this life certainly mm. so and the other thing i recognize is that we've got 
that these exiles are burdened with this pain, mm-hmm. right? So something external and they've been burdened by it and they don't know how to carry it. They're not old enough to carry it, mm-hmm. but they're heavily burdened. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's what's causing the pain is the carrying of this burden. They think they've got to carry it. Mm-hmm. So often when you go to these parts, you find they're very young. Mm-hmm. It's very young. And Jesus didn't, Jesus said, come to me, mm. all of you who are heavily burdened. <laughs> Why are you? Because he's in my burden is light. Amazing. I mean, just yeah. amazing. Because his, the burden he puts on is his grace, Aye. mercy, love, faith, exactly. joy. Exactly. So, but we need to allow him into the place where he can heal our burden parts. Exactly. And that doesn't come by what just exactly what you were saying, Derek. Mm. That doesn't come Transformation doesn't come by knowledge alone. Mm-hmm. You have to experience it mm-hmm. before the transformation really takes place. Aye. It's like salvation. Mm-hmm. Somebody could give you information about Aye. salvation Aye. and you could go, yes, I agree with that. Yes. But it doesn't, make, it doesn't make you tell you to experience that through the power of the Holy Spirit. Aye. You don't know anything. Yeah. And Dave, just to, just to, to, to really reinforce that, with Ma- in Matthew chapter 7, uh, Jesus said, the the famous familiar passage that is maybe ignored by, by a lot is don't judge, criticise con- and condemn others so that you may not be judged, criticised and condemn yourselves. Um, why do you stare from out from without? The amplified says from outside, looking at the very small particle, the speck that's in your brother's eye, but you don't become aware and consider the plank a timber that's in your own. Or how can you say to your brother or sister, let me get that wee tiny flaw of yours out uh, when, there's a, when there's a full beam and plank in our own eye? He says, you hypocrite. First, get the beam out, out of the plank and beam out your own eye and then you will see clearly. You will have the power to take and help your brother take the particle out of their own eye. And you notice what he says? That they've to take the particle out of their own eye. Aye. You've not to take it out for them. Mm-hmm. Eh? Yeah. That's just mind-blowing. I, I, and, you know, the point, the point I'm making is I'm, I'm aware that how important our continuous journey and allowing God into these areas of our own hearts and the own parts of us that, that can be broken off and put away, you know, ashamed and we can hide and cover them up. And when, when here, the, the the promise is that there's a joy that comes when we're able to see clearly. As you say, Dave, it's not about us rescuing. And, 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 and in the context of somebody saying, I want help, you know, it's amazing that, that then you're able to have the power to see clearly, to, to help them you know, participate and cooperate to to, to, to overcome the 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 flaw, flaw, the flaws, the feelings, the the stagnation they feel because of the, the the exiled parts in their own lives, the shame, the guilt, the judgment that they maybe be living in. You know, so so yeah, I think there's two parts. This is a deep theological question here as well. But um, so Adam and Eve, they were made. Perfectly right, perfect human beings, mm-hmm. uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Here's what the devil did: the devil gave them another role to become gods themselves. Right now, the Bible says in small letters that we are gods, and that means that God shares mm-hmm. His divinity with us. But obviously, the serpent tried to make them. Uh, not need God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that gave them another role. They were no longer the created, but only the creators, and they created a mess, mm-hmm. right? Um, but their original form, there was no bad parts in the human beings. But when you give them the wrong role, these parts start behaving badly, mm-hmm. right? So the way that some people would say it is, there's no really bad parts they're just stuck in the, the wrong role. They don't know they're, they're not, they don't know they're doing it badly. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it's a strange thing. I'm not talking about conscience things here. You know when you're doing something wrong, mm-hmm. your conscience comes up. But often, people are so, so burdened, so... Uh, their, their cultural indoctrination has blinded them so much. That's why they say we need to bring light into this. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's no bad parts, just just good parts stuck in bad roles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's been my experience, because I thought I had a bad part. Mm-hmm. And Jesus called it his beautiful boy. Yep. And I think, he doesn't see me as bad. How can he anyway? Aye. He's died for my sin, so he doesn't exactly. see my sin. Aye. He just sees my beauty. Yeah. Dave, lead, lead, lead the listeners because this last session on captivated by communion, beautifully fitting that you, you know you're you're sharing that story of your own recent uh, um, you know encounter that this healing is ongoing. The communion with God is so essential to actually you know how how much a relief it is when there's parts of our lives that have been locked away and covered and we're, we're so ashamed of them. And, and you allow God access to bring that light into the areas and, and, and touch these parts and and reaffirm them, help us reinterpret them and, and, and then go on to go, I've got rest about that. I find I found acceptance and love uh, in those areas. You know, um, so Dave, please lead the listeners, um, you know, into that. Just have, have the courage to take a step into that, you know. It's a real challenge. Um, I think that um, (coughs) there's a couple of wee caveats around this, right? I think that we need to be careful, first and foremost, um, of re-traumatising people, right? So we kind of dive right into the trauma right away, unless we've got the experience of what to do when they're in a traumatic experience. So what I always encourage people to do is to get to know the protectors first. So those parts of them, you know, that, and so getting to love the unlovable parts, you know, the anger, the criticise them, become curious, just become curious about them and try not to judge them. Maybe try not to judge another person, just become curious about that. And as they become curious about these different parts of themselves and stay with it mm-hmm. and ask God to be with them in it, what happens is the protectors start to calm down and you can get access into the exiles. I would say if you do have a lot of historical trauma, serious trauma, get some help with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, be in a, a, a safe environment where people understand what they're doing. You don't all need to be therapists to understand this, but they need to have some idea of what can happen when somebody touches their trauma uh, and the idea is not to re-traumatise anyway, the wonderful thing about these working with parts is that you don't need to go back into the event you only need to remember the wound because usually that wound stayed around for a wee while mm-hmm. uh, and so it's important that you don't necessarily need to go back to the event you just need to touch the wound so mm-hmm. it's very, very, very important that people do this mm-hmm. and I think you know, we're talking about communion here as well. Asking Christ into all of this is vital. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know, you probably know talking about this in this particular show, but um, when I'm talking about communion as well, Derek, I'm also talking about breaking bread. Yeah. Okay. So it's really, really important that when we're breaking bread, we recognise that we're coming into a sacred moment. Mm. Uh, Jesus didn't institutionalise this so we could cognitively remember an event. But we might emotionally engage or spiritually engage with an amazing event, Mm -hmm. the event of him breaking bread, of passing through the Kidron Valley into his darkest moments uh, in Gethsemane to the cross into the resurrection. Mm-hmm. That's what we're supposed to be thinking about when we're taking communion. Mm-hmm. And then we share in the sufferings of Christ mm-hmm. and in the joy of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. So when we remember these most important events, the most important events in all history, mm-hmm. and the reason we're to do it regularly is so that we keep remembering it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, sometimes I've seen parts of me taking communion 
are breaking bread. So from feeling very vulnerable, I'll almost share this bread with that vulnerable part of myself. Mm-hmm. And think that I'm getting peace out of that as well. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Great. Incredible. Yep. So, Thanks, Dave. Um, I think we'll just close there, mate. That's fine. And no uh, f- thanks, thanks so much for joining us. What a blessing, mate. Bless you, man. Just pray, Take just care. pray. You quick prayer for the for the for the listeners, mate. Okay. Father God, for those who are listening, God, if there's things resonating in in their hearts, Lord, would you be with them? Help them go to this journey of transformation. A transformation of the human soul. God, where our exile parts can find healing. Where the parts that we thought were bad, we discover they're only in bad roles. And Lord, we bring healing to that. We thank you, Jesus, that you look upon us as fearfully and wonderfully made. That we are, in fact, your pearl of great price. Thank you, God. And so we come to you, God. We thank you for Jesus, for his great love for humanity, for his ongoing movement towards justice and fairness and healing. And so, Lord, we just pray for everybody here that you would be with them, that they would discover deeper uh, that relationship with the most wonderful God, the creator of the universe, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. This has been the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighters.life. Until next time, God bless you.